Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. I'm so thrilled that you are here with me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And if you are enjoying it, uh, it would help me a lot if you can rate and review this podcast. And also if you can tell your friends. I'm, you know, I'm wanting to get this out there. I, I think that I'm doing a fairly good job at creating a community where we can be open and honest about our mental health, about our struggles, just how we're, how we're doing. And, you know, I want to help as many people as I can. I want to reach as many people as I can. And the best way I can do that is through you. So if you can share this, I would really appreciate it. I want to thank Angela over at Simple Rituals Skincare for sponsoring me. You helped make this happen, Angela. So thank you so much. And it's awesome to be able to be um, sponsored by a product that I that I use and that I enjoy. And it's it's made from natural stuff, no chemicals. And also, I I say this all the time, but I love using her moisturizer in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> this multi-purpose, beautiful moisturizer and my hair and my skin are so thankful for it. So anyway, um, go check her out, simplerituals.ca. Um, so things have been going better this week. We're kind of recovering from Sean's hand issues and the swelling in his hands has gone down. He went and saw our family doctor and she ruled out a few more things and has him going to a rheumatoid specialist to uh, see if maybe it's some kind of arthritis. So rheumatoid arthritis. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's something simpler, but, um, you know, the swelling has gone down. She gave him some great anti-inflammatories and he's able to kind of do more things without pain, which is so wonderful. And now I guess we're kind of in the, we're kind of in a bit of in the aftershock. We're still kind of recovering. I find that for me, I have like a slow burn, you know, so I can go through something and I can be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then like a week later, I'm like, oh, I am not okay. <laughs> so that's kind of what this week has been so far. But the week is young. And honestly, today was was actually pretty good. It's uh, It's been a while since I've been able to sincerely say that I had a really, like a, a good day where I didn't have to, you know, put a lot of, a lot of energy into just feeling kind of, nothing as opposed to feeling hopeless. And, uh, so it's been a really nice break. Uh, so I got to interview Emma again. She was on near the beginning of, uh, optimistically depressed. And I got to bring her on again to talk about, uh, eating disorders, specifically anorexia. And she was amazing. She was, She's also a trained nurse, um, so she has a lot of medical experience in the f in this kind of stuff, and so she has a deeper understanding as far as how all of this stuff works. It was really fascinating to be able to hear from her 
uh, from her personal experience and professional experience. I think that's kind of a, that's a perspective that you don't necessarily get to hear that often. And I really appreciate her honesty. And also, uh, there's an interruption. There's a pretty major interruption from my kids. <laughs> so you'll, you'll also get to hear from some of my children. And my middle guy um, actually stayed in and hung out with us for about half of the episode. So you're going you're gonna to hear some of his input. But Emma is amazing. She's amazing with kids and it didn't phase her at all. She just kind of kept going. So <laughs> I'm just... It just makes me so grateful for like, this is the type of community that I'm a part of. And it's awesome. These kinds of people, I get to have these kinds of people to my home and I get to talk with them and learn from them. I just, I feel so privileged. And Emma is such a, a beautiful soul. You know, she's so kind hearted and she's so understanding and she's also so strong and it's just, it's a privilege to know her. So, um, and it's, and, you know, I get to call her a friend and that's amazing. So I'm very excited to be able to introduce you back to Emma. And I really hope that you enjoy her, her story and her experience. And if you have any questions, um, please get in touch with me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at optimistically depressed. If you have any comments even that you want to like pass on to the people that you like, whose podcast you hear, just let me know. Cause it's really encouraging for the people that come onto the show to know if this is something that's, um, affected you that resonated with you. So, um, please let me know and I can pass a message on to them. Or if they do leave their social media handle in the episode, then contact them directly and just let them know how what they shared has affected your life because that's really I'm that's all part of building the community that I'm really going for okay thank you so much everyone here is Emma Hey everyone. Hey. <laughs> this is Ruth here. And Emma. Again. Emma has come back. Yeah. This is cool. We're going to be talking about some other interesting things. Mm. Something that Emma had kind of touched on in the last podcast that she did with me, but didn't really get into any detail about. And this time we're going to be getting into more detail about it. I'm excited. Me too. Maybe. No, I am excited too. I think that's going to be really um, informative. That's a word. It is a word. Cool. It's I used been it a day. properly, did I? Yes. Oh, I got fuzz in my water. <laughs> the shirt did fall in there. The shirt did fall in I'm so thirsty. I'm going to be drinking it anyway. Shirt water. Oh my goodness, shirt water. <laughs> it's a Canadian thing I've heard. <laughs> 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 I think people have been missing my accent. Do you think? People absolutely were missing my <laughs> accent. It's a very endearing accent. Like, and it, it, ah, I, got hair, I have hair on my uh, on my tongue now. <laughs> oh. Stay with us, people. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness! Once I get the fuzz off my tongue. 
I wish this was like video recorded or so with you. No. <laughs> you know, maybe one day it will be. Maybe when I get out of the closet, though. Yeah. So we're still we're still in the closet. Hopefully, like, so we're actually working on, by we, I mean Sean and I are working on a studio downstairs. And mm. um, we just need to soundproof it. But we got furniture. Fern, furniture. <laughs> in it (laughs) we have a table and two chairs okay that's all you need that's all you need and a carpet and the carpet looks really nice okay yeah nice yeah and but i want to fill it with artwork and plants and make it all welcoming cozy cozy and you know the more stuff you have in it the more stuff there is to absorb sound so oh that's always it's getting technical now yeah interesting Mm-hmm. That's why the closet's so great. Oh, yes. Huh. Yeah. Although now, like, we've purged recently, so there's less stuff, like, on the floor of the closet. And so I was actually in here recording just, like, a f- little bit for the beginning of a podcast yesterday. And I was sitting on the floor initially with the mic on the floor, mm-hmm. and it was so echoey. So I was oh. like, oh, yeah, I need to, like, have this up at the level of I got all rid of my stuff. <laughs> Got rid of all Must buy more stuff. No, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a little bit of what's happening in my world. Slash, today was so hard. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm emotionally, physically exhausted. How are you doing? I am with you. I am yeah. the same. It has been a rough day. I'm still awake. I'm not sure how. We're going to do it. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Words aren't always coming out of my mouth as um, they are supposed to, but... You know what? It doesn't even matter. Your accent makes you sound like all of the words are perfectly intelligent. I just had a coffee, so... So you're probably... We'll see. ...geared up. How it goes. (laughs) I, like... um, I could say... You and I could say the same thing, and you would sound intelligent. I would sound like a moron. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, it's funny how that works. The, those accents are magical. I know. Hmm. What are you here to talk about? Well, I think I'm here to talk about eating disorders. In yes, particular, anorexia nervosa, mm-hmm. to give it its full name. What's it? What's the full name? Anorexia nervosa. So, and uh, bulimia also has that nervosa on the end. And I, I think. Um, I don't know what, was it Latin or Greek or something? I don't know. This is a complete guess. Uh, Nervosa was like the name that they used to give it because it was like nervous eating or nervous and not eating or something. Like back in the day when they had no idea what it was. Um, Nervousness around food or whatever, something like that. Um, But I could be completely wrong and Nervosa might not, not... Mean nervous, but it kind of makes sense that it would. It does make sense. So we'll go with it. Yeah, let's go with it. And I'll Google it afterwards. Sounds good. You just say confidently with your accent, everyone will believe it. It means nervousness, okay? (laughs) Sorry for yelling. (laughs) It means nervousness, okay? Shh. Okay. I accept that. Okay. So you have... So what, what is your experience with these? With these eating disorders? Um, so I have had 
anorexia since I was 13. So uh, how many years is that? 15 years? Um, and it sucks. Like, it really sucks. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I am in a phase of my recovery now where I'm, like, in a good physical place mm-hmm. with my, like, regards to my weight, which I haven't always been in when I've tried to recover. So I think this time, hopefully, it'll be a a good thing. Only being a good weight can only help me in my recovery helps me with thinking clearly which I'm not right now (laughs) (laughs) and Uh, that's because you only got like one hour of sleep last night I got one hour's sleep last night because I'd taken a sleeping tablet the previous two nights um, to try and get some sleep because I had a lot of stuff going on last week that was very draining um, and I was just exhausted um, but sleeping, the sleeping tablet I have is um, short-term use only because they're addictive and then you can't sleep without them, which That's I found brutal. out last night because I didn't take it. Oh, man. And it was the worst. It made today even tougher than it already was going to be. So, Do you want to talk about why today was going to be tough anyway? So I am going to an eating disorder outpatient program. I just call it clinic mm-hmm. because, you know. That makes more, like it's easier to clinic. say. Quicker. Yep. The clinic. The clinic. Um, and we go there every day. Well, Monday to Thursday. And we, we have breakfast. Then there's some groups like goal setting group was today, which is why today was so difficult. Um, and like a group about processing things and other helpful groups like there's yoga sometimes and mindfulness and rec therapy where they just do crafty type things and I just watch because I hate craft (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's fine uh I'm not I'm not too into crafts either I've got to be honest although I I like crocheting and knitting and okay like I can't my like fine motor skills are not my thing and I also get the shakes in my hands because of medication so I'm like trying to like do things and I'm like my hands shaking and I'm like I can't stop it and I'm already bad at this (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so then we uh Monday and Thursday we prep lunch together like me and the other patients and like some staff and then the other days one day is sandwiches and then today is like a box lunch that you either bring with you or you have leftovers from Monday and that's what I did today. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge myself, and I'm gonna have leftovers uh, from Monday lunch because I've really struggled. It was it seemed like a lot of food, um, and I'm struggling a lot with my like we're all having the same portion size because we have to because it's the clinic, um, but we're all different heights and body types and we all have different metabolisms and so it's very difficult for me to be okay with having the same size portion as someone who's like five feet ten right why I'm five feet tall yeah and I feel like I don't need as much food but you know maybe that's disordered thinking but I just have to trust the process and trust the group and trust the staff that my weight isn't shooting up and up and up 
Um, apparently it's not. And just go with it. You have to finish everything on your plate, so... Wow. Did, and did you finish everything on your plate today? I did. Nice. Like, it's not really an option not to. Okay. Wait, why? What do they do if you don't? Um, they might, like, consider, like, kicking you out of the program. I don't oh, know. Oh, seriously? Like it's, oh, so it's, it's, like, serious. It, like, eating disorder treatment is tough. Like, it's strict. It's very, like, rigid because it's trying to fight against our rigid thought patterns that we have as eating disorder people. Okay. Um, and then after every lunch, we have to have a dessert, um, which you wouldn't do in real life, probably, although you could if you wanted to. You wouldn't have a dessert after every lunch, but they wanted us to, like, they wanted it to be, like, a normal thing that we could do. So we have, like, a handful of something, like two little Oreos or, like, like Oreo cookies or, like, something. Okay. Small. Okay. But, like, so it, it gets us back into eating, like, maybe what we do actually want to eat secretly <laughs> um, okay. and just trying to like normalize that but yeah so today was rough with goal setting and weigh-in <laughs> and that tough lunch and sitting with all of those anxious feelings was hard and and like I'm just so tired so it feels yeah. like you know when you're tired everything yes. feels so much worse yeah like times 10 like this if I wasn't so tired would it really be this tough would I really be like struggling to finish this meal and everyone else around me has finished so everyone's waiting for me to finish because no one leaves until everyone's finished and checked in and like told everyone how they felt about what they just ate so that was fun <laughs> after I finished mine I was like uh well <laughs> let me break it down for you this was awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so it was a big struggle um, but it's Thursday tomorrow and it's the last day this week and I've just finished four weeks and I didn't think I would ever get there like it's a, it's a 26, 26 week program and I've done four weeks already I can't believe it that's amazing. I'm still there. Good job. They're not going to let me leave until the 26 weeks are up. <laughs> They're like, mm, we're going to keep her. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you're you're a cute small person. And you're quite endearing, so <laughs> I can understand why they want to keep you around. Everyone's taken to my accent pretty well. And, like, a few of the other patients try to mimic it, and it's just really funny. It's just like sounds so posh and like sometimes Australian, which is a thing that people do when they try and mimic my accent. Yes. It's awesome. I would be terrible if I tried to <laughs> mimic your accent. I that's why I don't do accents. I don't do accents. I suck at them. I had a friend who was like really good at doing accents, being like, Yeah, just do an accent. Just do like a French accent. And then he just like started with it like he's an actor too. Like he's oh, like done okay. so he just like started into this like French accent. And I was just, like, sitting there, like, you sound amazing. I'm an idiot. Why are you wanting me to? Like, I can't. Okay? Let's, I, anyway, it's embarrassing. So I won't try to mimic your accent because okay. it won't go well. <laughs> and I, my self-esteem today is kind of Aww. down. So I'm just going to, like. Don't do it. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I can't. I, I got to reserve what last bit of it I have left. 
when I get a better sleep tonight, I'll be feeling better. Yesterday, yesterday was so good. And you know what? Even today I had like a lot of like really awesome meetings with people and that kind of thing. But I just, you know, it's like the headspace, you know, you get into a certain headspace and then you're like, yep. I have trouble. Yeah. I'm kind of getting out of it. Okay. But let's go back to you. Um, oh, good. I know. <laughs> I do love it when the attention is on me. <laughs> I know. I know it's one of your favorite things. <laughs> Nobody look at me. Well, you can't look at me. Apart from the video at the beginning. Yeah, right. Which is my... I, I hate it, Ruth. I'm sorry. I really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I just feel so awkward. Like, what do I do with my body face? <laughs> I can I can just cradle you in my arms that for the whole fine. video. <laughs> And then, and then you'll and then you'll know what to do with your arms and whatever. It won't matter because you'll just be in my a cocoon of my love. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, um, what got you into, like, what made you start anorexia? Like, being an, did that that sentence kind of made sense, right? Kind of. What made you? What started it? There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was thirteen hormones flying around like crazy issues at home which I think I touched on in my last podcast with you mm -hmm. um surrounding my mum and her bipolar and her numerous admissions to psych hospital and emotional abuse happening at home and bullying at school and um a lot of pressure from a a, a high-performing school to perform in exams like perfectly and if you got like bees then you were kind of average maybe wow that'd be hard Sheesh. that was great uh, yeah <laughs> five years i'll never get back uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and i remember um i think my mum had just had an admission and i didn't really have anyone to talk to I was struggling with low mood and anxiety. Looking back, then I was just like, well, this must be normal because my mum is in hospital, so this is why I'm feeling so crap. Right. Um, but it was more than that. Um, so I remember um, I started to self-harm. And I was doing that for a while. And it wasn't really doing it for me. You know, like it wasn't the release that I had hoped kind of made me feel more numb. Mm. So I just remember one day kind of like I refused to eat candy with my friend or chips or something. And like, I liked candy and chips. Like I was never a, a huge fan, but it was nice to have them with your friends at school. And um, I just remember gradually cutting things out of my diet that I, um, thought I don't know what I thought really at the time but looking back I was just looking for control like I can't control like my mum I can't control my dad I can't control like the school here that's like doing like doing my head in it's making me crazy uh, mm. and I can't control the hormones flying around my body and I can't control my low mood my anxiety and but I could control what went into my body and how much exercise I did Hmm. Um, and looking back that was exactly what I was doing um, and in a way 
I was discussing this actually with uh, someone at the clinic last week. That coping mechanism of like not eating and exercising a ton worked for a long time. Like it helped me cope with life. <laughs> and now it's being taken away. And so everything is kind of like, ah, like my anxiety is really high. I get a lot of nausea with anxiety. So that's unhelpful when you're trying to eat food. Because <laughs> when you feel nauseous, do you want to eat? Not really. <laughs> right. But yeah. I have no choice. <laughs> um, so pushing through that is very tricky. Um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. What am I saying? <laughs> well, I actually, well, you're saying that um, that not eating and exercising a lot worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what was it about it? Like, what did it do that m- made you believe it was working? Um, it gave me the control that I really wanted. And it gave me something to focus on, like a hobby, but a really destructive hobby that ruined my life. Uh, <laughs> woo! <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, um, yeah, so really it's like some people play tennis. Yeah. But no, it's not really like that at all. Um, yeah. Tennis? Some anorexia. People tennis? tennis. Some people stop eating and exercise a lot. Um how did you have like how like how much would you eat in a in a day like, um i don't really want to mention specific amounts because i know that it can be really triggering to other people but okay. i was not really eating much at all and i would just exercise to the point where i was just like almost collapsing on the floor and how okay and then how did you go through the rest of your day adrenaline and that was a result of just... Just, like, nervous energy. Like, I was so anxious. I was, like... It was like I was high. <laughs> really? It's like, when when you don't eat, sometimes you can feel, like, euphoric. It's interesting. Um, that is interesting. I've never felt that before. Like, for I an get extended... just really angry. Yeah. Hangry? I said angry, but yes, angry. <laughs> <laughs> um... Or just, like, or I go to sleep. Like, I can't, I don't feel happy about it. No, because it's not a nice place to be. But if you do it for a long time, sometimes, I don't know, you just get, like, a buzz. Like you're, I mean, like, I, I think it must alter some kind of brain chemistry and like hormones in your body. And I was going to look into this and, like, try and remember stuff, but I did not. That's fine. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, That's fine. I'm interested in your personal experience anyway. Uh, yeah, so just feeling like I'm kind of floating. I'm like, I, I'm so hungry and I'm so tired and I'm feeling so detached from reality and detached from my body. I'm like dissociating because I'm, I'm not grounded because I'm so hungry and I'm just like literally floating around, like not really on this planet. Hi, here I am. And... Yeah. It's hard to explain. I think the more stress I had at school, the more detached I became. And then the more um, I didn't want to eat and the nausea and just feeling like really 
um, euphoric about that. And then, you know, when you exercise, you get all those like happy hormones floating around your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I physically didn't feel very well. But for you a were, lot of my like teenage years. But you were okay with that? It was, seemed like... It seemed a good payoff. Mm, no, that maybe that's not the the phrasing. Um, to you, it seemed like a sacrifice I was prepared to make. Yeah. Okay. Um, and once you get deeper into an eating disorder, you feel like you don't deserve to feel any better, and you feel unworthy because you're depressed. Because yeah. you're malnourished, and the longer you go without food, um, the harder it is to think clearly. So if you sometimes, I get little moments where you're like, ah, oh, like, you know, maybe you're like I'll eat something, and then you know I'll I'll start to feel like a little bit better, um, and then I would just like it would go, like it would just be like a fleeting thought, and then I would be back just having enough energy to concentrate on putting one foot in front of the other and not having any energy or brain power to think about making good choices with food. Hmm. So for me, the hardest part of starting a recovery journey again is you can't think about eating. You just have to do it. And it's like the hardest thing to accept. Hmm. Your brain and your disorder will tell you, don't eat, don't do it, it's bad, it's wrong. You're this, you're that, all the lovely names it calls us. And you, you'll you never recover if you think about eating at the in the beginning. Okay. You just have to do it. You just have to trust. Okay. And just do it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And so are you getting past the point of just doing it now? Or are you... Um, <laughs> We're getting, I'm sorry, we're having a small interruption by one of my lovely children. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, well, that's all right. How about you, how about uh, you two say hi to everybody who's out there? Hi. <laughs> Aw, Jackson, my middle child, wants to know what your name is. <laughs> if you'd like to send a message along, let me know what I can let, what I can tell him. That would be great. So we just wanted to tell. Sorry. It's okay. So um, each of you will be able to entertain yourselves for a little bit longer, and I'll be right there. No, I'm like Jackson. Owen stole Jackson's device. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) to everybody else out there who's wondering what's going on here, um, Sean's out this evening, and I... Kids are running wild. (laughs) Kids are running wild. If you've been hearing thumping throughout this podcast, it's because the children are running around. And I gave them devices to make it so they would leave me alone. (laughs) It doesn't seem to have worked. (laughs) It was not effective. Um, But yeah. Hey, how about you let Jackson into your room? You two can hang out while we finish this up. Aw, well, it's hanging out or, you know. You can go to bed. Night. Night. Sayonara. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, oh, children. this is a first for everything. <laughs> this is That's actually a little part of the reason why my face is numb right now. Oh, because the kids were not listening to me before you came over either. So I was like, 
trying to get them ready for bed and like get them all like tucked away in their rooms and they were not listening to me and I was asking them to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and I lost my cool at least twice probably three times and then I thought I'm tired (laughs) and here we are (laughs) and here we are but the other thing is, I'm actually, like, I, like I'm glad that you're over. And doing podcasts always help me feel better, you know? Yeah. So. It's good to talk. It's good to talk. Yeah. It totally is. Um, it's scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's funny, like I, like, I do this podcast where people come on here and they're all vulnerable. And I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to be more and more vulnerable. But it's even still, there's, there are parts of my life that I'm not going to talk about. Oh, yeah, of course. But I think that's healthy. Yeah, I think that's good. Like, to know that there are just some parts that I'm I'm not going to share, and that's okay. Like, but I'll definitely use that as a way to be understanding toward other struggles that people are going through. I mean, there are boundaries, right? Yes, exactly. But, yeah, to go back to what um, I was saying before, I was asking... What was I, what was I saying? What was I asking? It was... Um, do you remember? No. <laughs> Guys, no. anyone out there remember? Anybody out there remember? <laughs> um, well, we were talking about the eating disorder and, yep. <laughs> and how you would have just enough energy to put one foot ahead of the other, no brain power. Oh, you're in this program. Have you gotten past the point where uh, you don't need to think? Like where you need to not think in order to eat? Or does it take a little while to get to that? Like does it take longer than four weeks to get to that point? I assume it's different for everybody. How's it going for you? Yeah, um, so I'm still in the place where I'm mostly mechanically eating, which means not really thinking about how it tastes or looks or smells and just doing it because I need to do it and food. Right now, I'm trying to tell myself that food is medicine. Okay. And then I and and it's also fuel, but from a nursing point of view, medicine sounds better, better and resonates right. with me more. Um, it's just doing it because if I even now, like even after four weeks of like, I'm from accepting you again. <laughs> I just have nothing to do. Hey, bud. Please go back into your room, buddy. Or actually, you know what? Come here. Close that door. We could listen to the perspective of a (laughs) six-year-old. Come on over here. Everybody, please meet Jackson. Jackson, say hi. Hi. Okay, Jackson. Mm -hmm. I would like you to sit here, and I'd like you to be really nice and quiet. Okay? We're going to have a discussion about some serious stuff. And if you have questions about it, you can ask some questions during the podcast, and then we can talk about it more later. Okay? Mm. What does that say right there? That's the sound waves that shows that um, it shows that the computer is picking up our voices. Okay. All right, but we we will talk. I'm going to be talking with Emma right now, buddy, and then you and I can talk more after this. Okay? Okay. Uh, can uh, you do like? Can you activate one so I can hear what this was saying? I will do that when we're done the podcast. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh. It's, it's difficult stuff. It's okay, rough. you're still doing the mechanical eating. Yeah. So um, it's just getting food in. 
Yeah. Um, rather than thinking about. What is it that doing? Tastes good. What is it doing? Um, or. Yeah, so it's it's just basically just doing it without thinking because yeah. if I um, made the decision to uh, not do that, I wouldn't I eat, there. if There's that makes sense. Like I There aren't any blocks in my chair, buddy. Oh. This is like, this is a train wreck. It is. <laughs> it kind of... Kind of sums oh, up how my day is gone. Yeah, it sums so I'm up kind of how glad my this is happening. Well. Like, this is how my day is going. I want to play with something, <laughs> buddy. This, this is how I'm a, feeling right now. Yeah, I know, but this is actually like a podcast that people are going to be listening to, <laughs> and you know what? I think that some people are going to really appreciate the the interruption and find it amusing, and then eventually they're going to be like, you know, I'd love to be able to listen to the rest of what we are trying to discuss right now. So, Jackson, how about we play the quiet game and you show me how quiet you can be. Best game ever. Mm-hmm. Or you can go into your room and play with Lego. Play with... Lego is so good. But I don't have anything to watch. Okay, that's okay, because you don't need it. All right, so... Okay, everybody, welcome to Parenting with a Podcast. <laughs> that's like another idea for podcasts. <laughs> it totally is another yeah. idea. Oh, question time with question time yeah <laughs> children children so yeah i was talking about mechanical eating and it sounds weird like robotic yeah i mean i guess it kind of is yeah because you're just doing it because if i just like wanted to make a decision about eating i'd probably a lot of the time still say no no food mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like the first step of recovery is just doing it because you don't have the brain power to think about what's good for you you don't have the brain power right right that makes sense like at the beginning of my this particular recovery journey i wasn't really eating much at all and i was losing weight fairly rapidly over the course of like a month before i went into treatment and i just thought i suddenly lost my job and i ran out of excuses not to do this program um, and my dietitian was like, oh, you're not working. I forgot. Um, yeah, you can do this program, right? I'll see if, you know, like there's any space. And I'm like, oh, I don't. Okay. And I, against my better judgment, <laughs> maybe my eating disorder judgment. Anyway, I said, okay. And then I got to the point where, I, you know, it was going to be a little bit of a wait. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, I can't wait. I need it now. Okay. And that was like a boat. Oh dear. Water everywhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I got to the point where I was like, I I listened to the part that was like, I need okay. this. And so you like, and what voice was it that made it so that you could listen to that? Um, like my, my faith, I think... This is the first time I've tried to recover uh, with God in my life. Hmm. And I really think that's made such a difference. When did you start believing in God? I think I've always believed, but 
it was really about seven years ago that I um, came back to faith. Okay. And then so in that seven years, this is the first time that you've tried to like more seriously recover. Huh. Yeah. And I, I told the clinic like, I'm done. It's been 15 years. I got to beat this. I can't do it anymore. Like this is taking too much of my life. Um, like there's there's a lot of uncertainty with like this right. illness. Like I don't know if I can have children. I'm yeah. have borderline osteoporosis. Um, really, from the yeah. eating disorder. Wow, I didn't. It's realize. very common. Really. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, numerous other things too. And I, I, it just, it, it's kind of the driving force. I'm coming around to the idea that I am deserving and worthy of a future. So I have to, I have to recover in order to have that. That's amazing. Because it's either recover or eventually it'll kill you, you know? Wow. You can only lose so much weight before you... People die of anorexia all the time. Like it's it's one in five. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was. It's wow, the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. It's what's that? It's like the highest rate of death compared to like any other mental illness. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And it's either like heart attack or suicide or. There's a lot of like complications that can happen with restricting, uh, overexercising. People just like drop dead. They've gone for a jog. Mm. They're like a super low weight. Their body's not doing super well. They just drop dead. Or some people do abuse uh, uh, diuretics, uh, laxatives. The diuretics can uh, mess around with your potassium levels, which can give you a heart attack. And if your body's pretty weak already, you can die from that too. And not eating, not eating makes you depressed, mm-hmm. <laughs> surprisingly. Um, so the suicide rate's fairly high. Wow. So, yeah. It's not... Um, it's a very complicated illness. Um, and that's why a lot of people don't recover. Because it's, it's so misunderstood um, by many different people and it's so difficult to recover from. Is it feels like it has such a hold on you. Like, it's like telling you, like, don't eat, don't do this, don't do that. Um, and then you uh, you listen to it a lot, which is bad. Yeah. So, okay, when you say that people don't understand, is it like people are, like, talking to you like, just eat kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. And I sarcastic- sarcastically reply, like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Guys, never say that to anyone. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like probably one of the most ignorant things you could say. Apart from, I had someone tell me, "You don't look anorexic," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, that's like the most triggering thing you could have ever said." Because I did look stereotypically anorexic five, ten years ago. Um, but I don't anymore, which is good. Um, Mm -hmm. but sometimes people think that you're less worthy of treatment, uh, if you aren't super underweight, 
um, which is actually kind of cemented by the fact that a lot of treatment centres won't take people who are over a certain BMI. Seriously? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the UK. Okay. Um, if your BMI is like within the normal range or even at like a bit low, they won't take you because there's no funding because it's mental health, right? Who cares? <laughs> uh, Seriously. Yeah. That's another podcast. <laughs> We're going to have you on for a third one. But here it's different. Yeah. It's better here. It's like early intervention is more um, uh, important to the to mental health services here, which is good. Um, but yes, it's interesting. Wow. And um, um, just to clarify, BMI, body mass index, is the most useless measure of health I have ever seen. And uh, it doesn't take into account uh, muscle mass, body type, um, and it's only still being used because doctors don't have another tool to use to kind of try and measure how you're doing weight-wise compared to your height. (laughs) Wow. Um, It's useless. It really is. Um, And it's very hard there, I remember um, I, I wanted to be, no, my doctor wanted me to go for treatment in the UK when I was about 19 and uh, my BMI was too high <laughs> and uh, I was basically told on the phone by the eating disorder service in not so many words, you know, you're not priority because your BMI is too high and there are people ahead of you who are, who have a lower BMI, so... Imagine what that did to my eating disorder. Seriously. I just uh, gave me the uh, excuse, maybe, and I just plummeted. My weight plummeted and got a phone call. We want you in for for day treatment because uh, your BMI is low. (laughs) Wow. And now you can't think and you're less likely to ever fully recover because you haven't had early intervention. (laughs) um that's tragic wow yeah that wow i'm so sorry that is something that you've gone through and it's so common i think like nearly everyone in the uk at least i mean i can't my experience here is very different um okay they are better at uh putting people in different programs like that are more suited to them like if their weight is lower or whatever they need to be hospitalized or whatever but I remember doing the a day treatment program in the UK and we were all like super sick and really we should have all been inpatient but there's like three beds for like (laughs) three counties adult beds like there's like I don't know for like two or three provinces, there are three adult pets or something in the That's UK equivalent. Insane. Wow! Um, so <laughs> uh, we weren't impatient. Um, we were day patient, and it was uh, it was tricky. It was tragic. That was really that's like that's heartbreaking. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how that's ever going to change, really, because it's not a priority for the government to fund it. Why is it, hey Jackson, don't touch the mics, bud. Um, why is it not priority for the government to fund it? 
I think that they look very short-term in their outlook of uh, spending priorities. And I feel like um, they don't see the long-term effects of not helping people early. So Hmm. not helping someone early means that um, there's less chance of them recovering. Like, the more years you have anorexia the less likely you are to ever fully recover from it. And is that because, like, this certain mentality is just kind of getting more cemented? It's very ingrained. Yeah. It's very rigid and stubborn. Mm -hmm. And these thought patterns are really hard to break. Mm -hmm. And you can break them to a certain extent. And some people do say they fully recover. I, personally, I'm not sure if that's ever going to be a thing for me. Okay, so Uh, why is that? um, It's just been a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know that that doesn't mean I can't, but 15 years of this behavior and using this as a coping mechanism and finding out that actually um, other coping mechanisms are not really doing it for me right now. <laughs> like other cope, like, like what I should be doing, like mindfulness and relaxation and like anxiety management stuff. It's not really doing it for me like the restriction and the exercise did it for me Hmm. um but I was just damaging myself so now I need to uh try and lean into the good coping mechanisms and not bad Hmm. yeah that must be really hard like that must be so difficult I've like like a few years ago I started to become more aware of just like some thought patterns that I had that I needed to change and just that was difficult and like I'm still working on it It, like it's difficult like I can't imagine like I can't imagine taking something that has been more cemented in my brain Mm. as like a serious coping mechanism yeah like I I can't like I can't imagine I don't I don't know what that's like it sounds really horrible it is um but like you must be like it makes you that much stronger, the fact that you're yeah. actually working to counteract it. Yeah, but it's a lot of effort, a lot of conscious effort too. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the the eating disorder is, uh, it's just so powerful and it makes you feel like that you need it, that you you can't cope another way and like, look, you've done this for years, like, and it's worked, like, you know, we're like best buds, right? It's like that, that friend that, um, is kind of toxic and like, they claim to be your best friend, but actually they're like talking about you behind your back or like, they're not a good friend really, but they, they put on the pretense that like the, um, like they, they, uh, seem like they are to the outside world. And it's kind of like what the eating disorder voice is like, um, makes you feel like you can't do life without it. And, like, it kind of feels like that. Hmm. But I think things are very slowly changing for me. What kinds of thoughts do you use to help turn that around? Um, Right now, I'm doing kind of a bad job of positive self-talk. Um... Today in particular, like, a lot of anxiety um, caused by lunch or my reaction to lunch because food can't, like, make you feel bad. It's just, like, your view of it. 
Um, mm. So it's it's hard. I I've been doing like a lot of negative self talk today, which is not great. No, it's not going to change anything for the better anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, foggy in my mind right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, negative self talk. That's sheesh. That's hard. I like I tend to beat myself up, so I'm kind of trying to relate to what that must feel like based off of just the way that I can behave, the way I catch myself behaving. I was doing it earlier today. Yeah. I was able to stop myself. Like that's good. But it's um, like that's after. Like I'm trying to think of how many years it's been since I've. Like, I just remember waking up one morning and starting to, like, think a certain way and then all of a sudden realizing, like, wait a minute, I can just choose to not think this way. But, and that was, like, I don't know, maybe five years ago. Mm. It's like changing the internal dialogue. Yeah. So, like, my internal dialogue is very much, uh, it was kind of determined by how my parents treated me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've still got that, um, those thoughts and things that they said going around in my head. Um, but they're not like thoughts from me, but it's just so easy to fall into a pattern of thinking like you've always thought just because it's really hard to change. Yeah. Especially when it's something that you've learned from your parents, because like yeah, those are supposed to years, tell you the truth, well, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of parents, <laughs> oh, but when am I gonna stop? I would guess kind of soon, but just give us a minute. We're still finishing the conversation, buddy. It goes on there. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> yeah, it goes on there. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Jackson, what you tell us, what do I think of you? That I'm special. That you're special? Yeah. Yeah, what else do I think oh. of you? Uh, uh, like, like I'm great, I think. That you're great? Yeah, you're great. Uh, well, I think, uh... I've been a good boy in a way. Mm-hmm. I've only been, I only, I was at school for one, like, I was at the principal's office for one day. Yeah, when was that? Um, oh. In primary. In primary? Do you remember what for? Like, I didn't eat my supper because there was no water, like, the, like the water who, what the noodle goes in, so that's why. And so you had to go to the office for that? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, strict. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you take eating very seriously. Oh, well. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. It's Interesting. Good. good start. Make sure you eat your food. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what your parents think about you, like, that is, like, they are. They're supposed to be what tell like, the people that tell you the truth about you. And yeah. it is that you're special and that you're pretty great and that you are a good boy or a good girl. Right, Jackson? Those are good things. That was, like, really wonderful to hear. Oh, it's really wonderful to hear. (laughs) (laughs) It made me feel like, okay, there's something I'm doing Okay, I got this, I got this. (laughs) I've got this, I've got this. Because I yell yell sometimes, hey, Jackson? Is that right or is that wrong? 
it's wrong. That's right. And you know that I apologize after, right? Do I apologize after I yell? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. So, I mean. Um... <laughs> but, like, I feel like it's a parent's duty to, like, to make their kids aware of when they make a mistake. Like, when the parent makes a mistake. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, because I am, like, I'm going to mess up. I yell. Like, I yelled today. This evening, I got really frustrated because the kids weren't listening to me, and I yelled a lot, like more than once. I yelled like three times, probably, and and I had to go and apologize to each of my kids because they don't deserve to be yelled at. Doesn't matter how they're behaving. I'm the adult, and I'm not supposed to yell. Like that's a that's the parents that's the parents' duty. Yeah. And when they don't do that, when they like mistreat you, that's something that you carry with you. For a very long time, it's difficult to rewire your brain to, like, and then it's like you're looking for what the truth is out there. Yes. And you're like, well, what is it? Where is it? Yeah. Like, how am I going to find out what the truth is about me? Who's going to tell me that? It's like you have to find somebody that you can learn to trust yeah. to tell you the truth about yourself. That's hard. It is hard. Right? Especially when you don't, like, when you don't know how... When you, when you weren't taught to trust proper people mm. when you were younger, it's more difficult to find somebody to properly trust when you get older. Why would they tell me the truth if my parents didn't? Exactly. With the people who are, who are biologically designed to love me, don't. <laughs> then how can I trust? Then what is life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The end. Uh, <laughs> the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. It got pretty deep there, didn't it? Did get pretty deep there. Yeah. But like so that makes it makes sense that you would struggle this much with the eating disorder if mm-hmm. you had people telling you all these the people that you're supposed to love you and take care of you were telling you lies about you. Like Yeah. That makes sense. So I just really hope that you find somebody that you can that you can trust, who can be telling you the truth about you all the time. I think I found a pretty good community to do that. Good. Thank you for being part of that community. It's an honor to be a part of that community. <laughs> <laughs> you know when it just people say things and it makes you feel a little warm and fuzzy? Mm-hmm. It felt kind of warm and fuzzy inside just then. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Good. Uh, those moments are moments that I try to hold on to. In treatment. Like I I also see a therapist outside of treatment because they can't offer individual therapy there. They haven't got the resources. And um, she asked me a while ago to uh, ask people that I trust, um, that I'm close with, to tell me what they like about me. That's really cool. And so I, I put them, I wrote them down. I felt really stupid. Yeah, I can. I could get. Of course, but like yeah. even like big headed, it's kind of, like it's a completely alien thing like right. for me to do, and like for a lot of people actually, because um, it's you know not your normal conversation. Yeah, and I got a cork board and I wrote them all out in colourful writing and stuck them on there, and uh, I have a excuse me um, a little reading nook that I made in my tiny walk-in wardrobe. And I hung it on the wall. So I walk in and I get my clothes every day and I see it. 
I love that. That's so that's so smart. And today I was like, oh my gosh, I'm run I like I'm running out of positivity here. Yeah. I'm running running out of mechanisms to get through this day and I was thinking that I would take the cards off of the cork board and take them with me to clinic tomorrow. That's such a just good read idea. them after breakfast or after lunch or Yeah. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. I really like that. Like I really like that. And I think that kind of like that confirms my belief that a community is so important to help you to help remind you of <laughs> Okay, you don't have to touch that bud. Um yeah, I can move it. So but it's important to have like a community that helps remind you what the truth is of yourself because like because especially when you've had people lie to you for so long it's you got to be reminded a lot of what the truth is about you yep and people can say it over and over again yeah and one day maybe you believe it yeah <laughs> at least a little bit yeah <laughs> yep yeah. It took me a long time to start believing the nice things that people said about me. Mm. I like, it's difficult when you have these, and I didn't even have like, like my mom didn't say, my mom didn't say mean things to me. My dad didn't even really say mean things to me. Like he was, he said strange things. Mm. And he was scary. I know, he, I know now he didn't want to be. Yeah. But then, like, there are just some other people that were in my life that did say cruel things to me. And it was, like, I'm just thinking, like, the impact that they had. And they weren't my parents, right? Like, it's... Why do we want to listen to the negative more than the positive? Yeah, why is... Yeah, why is that? It's true. It's easier to take care of someone else. I don't know. Is it true for everybody, I wonder? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that there are people who find it easier to listen to the positive about themselves and ignore the negative. And I think probably people who've had issues in their childhood and stuff are probably more predisposed or vulnerable to believing these negative things. Yeah, I think you're right. Just because that's normal. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Shouldn't be normal, but... No, it shouldn't be. That's life, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sad. Was there anything else that, like... <laughs> we were interrupted, I don't even know how many times. <laughs> Hi. Little interruption. This is laying on the floor now. Um, Sleepy. But was there anything else that you were, like, really hoping to touch on that we didn't quite get to? Um, just that if you, if you are struggling with your relationship with food, um, or exercise, or, I mean, this doesn't have to just be anorexia, um, there's people who struggle with bulimia, um, binge eating disorder, uh, eating disorder otherwise not specified, which is technically what I have now because my BMI is not low, but I still say I have anorexia because I think exactly the same as I did when I was a very low weight. Mm-hmm. But 
a practitioner wouldn't say that I had that. But anyway. Okay. Um, just if you, if you are struggling like at all, um, early intervention is key. Um, go to your family doctor, get them to refer you to an eating disorder service. The one that I attend is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't think that I would find so many supportive and compassionate people in one place that actually care about me and want the best for me. That's amazing. And their ultimate goal is to teach me and the other clients to be able to care for ourselves properly. Hmm. Which is amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. That's like so important. I'm really it's encouraging to learn Jack cake. The weird sound is just Jackson making weird sounds. He's not choking or anything. Just for everybody listening. Um, <laughs> Put him by the neck. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's encouraging to know that people are starting to make, like, create programs that where there are yeah. people who genuinely care. Yeah. And take care, like, help you take care of you in the city of Halifax. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And they, there's some amazing stuff there. Mm. Just incredible. And... um. I mean, you might feel ashamed if you if you feel like you have an issue with food or whatever, but really there's no shame. Like, we all struggle with something. Yeah, we and do. we place a lot of blame on ourselves for struggling the way that we do. And yes, we do make decisions every day to, for example, not eat or <laughs> eat or exercise or not exercise. Um, but at the end of the day, it's... We all need support to make these changes in our lives. Mm. And yeah. we're supposed to live in community. We're supposed to help each other and raise each other up. And, um, yeah, I mean, the whole, your whole friendship group, your whole family has to fight an eating disorder. You can't just do it by yourself. That's brilliant. That would be the takeaway, I think, if there was any takeaway from this podcast would be... You can't fight it alone. You have to have a team to fight against anorexia, for example. I love that. Okay. Go team anorexia. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably think of a different team name. Like, you know, like a cool team name. Like, <laughs> go team. Yeah, I don't know. Go team fire danger. Fire danger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cool. thinking of Harry Potter references because I love Harry Potter and there's a Harry Potter book right in front of me. <laughs> Actually, there's several. <laughs> yep. Sean gets me a book every Christmas. Oh, I love them so much. They're really great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for making your way out here and for being really patient with all of the interruptions that we had. And you're welcome. <laughs> I think that you're really wonderful. I think Aww. that you are an incredibly loving person. You're witty and intelligent. You are very strong-willed, which I think is actually a really great attribute. And also not. <laughs> it also works against you. <laughs> Stubborn eating disorder brain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But... I really like having you in my life. I've missed you these last few weeks because we I haven't know. been talking as much. But that's not saying, I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty about it. I'm just saying. Oh, it's fine. It's nice to be missed. Life. Right? And I think that 
uh, I think that you're, you just have so much to offer when you come on this, you are very informative and you have a very nice way of speaking. Like you are very, you have like a very understanding and compassionate way of speaking about things. And I think that's really encouraging, especially for someone who's kind of struggling with a lot of shame mm -hmm. over, over something that they're having a hard time with. So. I think that's really important, and I think that you will have the ability to make a lot of change and make mm. big differences in people's lives. So thanks very much for coming Thank on you. here again and sharing more of your story. That's so wonderful. Mm. Oh. <laughs> it's the warm and fuzzy feeling again <laughs> yeah, that we good. talked about. <laughs> <sighs> All right, and I guess with that, um, I just want to say to everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening to this. And... Uh, thanks for being patient with some of the interruptions that we're having and the <laughs> little noises that were going on in the background for the past like half hour or something like that. <laughs> and I hope that this is something that you were able to be encouraged by. And please remember that if there is anything that you ever want to talk about or ask something about, like I know that um, I love hearing from you and... I know that Emma would love to answer any mm -hmm. questions, so you can just message me, and I will get them those questions to her. And Jackson has a question. What's up, buddy? Uh, what, what is a background thing? Background? Yeah. That means that, like, I'm talking right now, and this is, like, the main voice that people are hearing. But then, like, the little, like, when you're kind of moving around or when you're, like, making little noises and stuff, that's, like, not the main sound that people hear but it's a sound that they hear in the background oh yeah oh <laughs> okay and yeah so i also want everybody out there to remember that wherever you are i'm just sitting here loving you i hope that you have a really great night morning afternoon evening and i'll be talking to you again soon i love you bye